Want some lunch for your ears? Lunch with legs. Dave, this is April March. When did I first hear of Beehoff? Well, I heard of Beehoff when it was uh, it was Exotic World in the desert. Uh, I <laughs> I never went there because I heard there was no accommodations nearby, and uh, it was very very warm. I heard, and I remember seeing the girls on a television show. They were out in the, the sunlight doing their numbers, and I thought, oh, no, I'm not going to go there. But anyway, I think it was around um, 2007 or 8 when uh, uh, Laura got hold of me. She was the director at that time of uh, Behoff, which was at that time Exotic World, and she asked me to... uh, come to Las Vegas and uh, participate, which I did so. And uh, I think that was the first year. The first year I was there, I think I did an interview on stage. And uh, um, my impressions at that time was, my goodness, it really went a long ways from the desert into Las Vegas. And uh, everything uh, was run very well and uh course they had so many acts and all the all the girls were so beautiful and so good and I thought my goodness there's a revival of burlesque and uh, the first year that uh, I was there I stayed at Binion's I think everybody stayed at Binion's and uh, it was at the Plaza Hotel in old Las Vegas which was a, a delightful place to perform in, and I, I really enjoyed being there the four days. My impressions now of what it's become uh, and some of the things that I look forward to, to each year is I believe it, it, it's grown and grown and grown. I believe it's probably the top uh, burlesque festival in the country at the present time. And I I enjoy going because I so, see so many old friends and new friends and and uh, uh, I think I performed there the first time in actually dancing was about uh, hmm, six or seven years ago uh, and I'm looking forward this year to performing on stage again doing my act. And I just love everything about it.
was the first lady of burlesque, April March, one of our living legends who we are so very fortunate to still have around, one of the original bump and grinders who paved the way so that we can be doing what we do now as part of the neo-burlesque movement and modern-day burlesque artistry. I am so pleased to finally be bringing this episode to you. Dave and I have had this episode both in mind and in the works for almost a year now. And I am so pleased that we're able to post it just before the official Burlesque Hall of Fame weekend kicks off this coming weekend in Las Vegas. What is the Burlesque Hall of Fame, you may wonder, and you may ask? Well, according to their website, which I'm totally going to be reading from because they're going to say it better than I ever can, the Burlesque Hall of Fame is the world's premier organization dedicated to preserving the living legacy of burlesque as an art form and cultural phenomenon. With a collection of several thousand costumes, stage props, photographs, and personal effects documenting the careers and lives of burlesque dancers, comics, and producers over nearly a century, the museum is a growing testament to the power and social impact of the art of the tease. I was very fortunate to be introduced to the Burlesque Hall of Fame back in 2007 when Legs Malone was created and born and debuted in New York City. Seems like it was so many years ago, but it was only, gosh, yeah, just about seven and a half years ago that Legs was born. And I have to say, one of the first things that I heard when I was opening up and was my most spongiest, just wanting to drink in all of the information about this incredible art form that I had just happened upon that was lighting up every single cell of my body and heart and mind. Man, I just fell in love with it, and I remember talking to Tigger, who is the king of boylesque, backstage at the old slipper room in downtown New York City, and I was asking, you know, what is this exotic world weekend that I'm hearing about, you know, everybody's gearing up for it, what is it? And he goes, oh, God, you just have to go, just go. And he explained that it was the weekend when all of the original strip teasers, the ladies who did all the bumping and the grinding back in the 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, whoever was still living and was able to be found, because a lot of those ladies did not you know, want to be contacted or, you know, simply lost touch. Back in that day, you know, all you had was an address or a phone number. And if someone moved, if someone changed their phone number, it's really hard to contact them. They did certainly did not have the Internet. But thanks to the Internet and the modern-day Internet age, a lot of those older ladies have been able to be tracked down and contacted. And a lot of them, like April talked about in her recording, had no idea the Burlesque Hall of Fame was even existing. So all of that's to say, I know that's a little rambling, but I'm just so excited to bring this episode to you and uh, wanted to let you guys in on my experience with it and my guiding passion, not only for burlesque and the art form, but also for its national acknowledgement and international recognition and acknowledgement. I feel this history is one that has not been made in the history books. Burlesque has typically been a very low art form, and by low art form I mean not institutionally recognized. I mean, leave it to the dominating forces to demonize the beautiful dancing ladies that commanded thousands of dollars back in the day who toured the country and the world creating you know, such a buzz and such a reputation for such a sensual and sexual art form. 
So without further ado, I am going to read the history of the Burlesque Hall of Fame, again, according to their website, and you can find out all about it at burleskehall.com. We're then going to play a little musical ditty and go straight into a recording that we took off of YouTube of the wonderful, late, and great Dixie Evans talking about, well, you'll hear all about it. Uh, and I definitely, definitely recommend go onto YouTube, do a search for Dixie. She was a pistol. She passed away last year and has left such a rich legacy, not only of her own personal history, but also around the preservation of burlesque. And for that, and for the efforts of the late, great Jenny Lee, we are also deeply, deeply grateful. If it wasn't for these ladies, this coming up weekend would not have had a foundation to build what it has become upon. So thank you, Jenny. Thank you, Dixie. We love you and are so, so, so grateful. From its humble beginnings as the personal collection of Jenny Lee, the legendary tassel twirler who first dreamed of a burlesque hall of fame in the early 1950s, to its present-day incarnation as the world's largest and most important archive of vintage burlesque ephemera, the Burlesque Hall of Fame has been one of the world's only institutions dedicated to preserving the art, artifacts, and traditions of this uniquely modern art form. It was Jenny's wish that this institution not only honor burlesque's memory, but also its future. A founding member of, member of the Exotic Dancers League, she was devoted to keeping the girls together, and the girls being the strippers. As such, in addition to her dream of a world-class museum, Jenny's plans for the Hall of Fame included affordable housing for retired dancers, as well as a school for aspiring stripteasers who could train there alongside burlesque's remaining greats. Unfortunately, Jenny passed away before she was able to see her dream realized. However, thanks to her dear friend and fellow entertainer Dixie Evans, it was far from lost. For 15 years after Jenny's death in 1990, Dixie took up Jenny's mantle, creating a museum in Hellendale, California, that became a pilgrimage site not only for previous generations of performers, but also for the new generation of neo-burlesque performers looking to the past as a model for their own futures. In 2006, the Burlesque Hall of Fame relocated from Hellendale to Las Vegas, Nevada, in hopes of establishing a permanent, first-rate tourist attraction and research exhibition space for our one-of-a-kind collection. Today, the museum occupies a space in the Emergency Arts Building in the heart of a revitalized Vegas downtown, where a small part of our several thousand piece collection is on display to the public. And to close this, the Burlesque Hall of Fame's mission, as they are a 501c3 nonprofit organization, is to inspire, educate, and entertain the public, fostering an appreciation for and understanding of the unique history and heritage of vintage American burlesque, including, but not limited to, the art, artifacts, and personal histories of the art's biggest names and brightest stars. In 2006, the Burlesque Hall of Fame relocated from Hellendale, California to Las Vegas, Nevada in hopes of establishing a permanent, first-rate tourist attraction and research and exhibition space for our one-of-a-kind collection. I know that last bit was a repetition, but it deserves being repeated. So, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to have a little musical interlude and uh, get ready for a recording of the late, great Pistol herself, Dixie Evans. I'm 
Well, she walked into the club that night. The tears were streaming down her face. And she looked up a big Jim Giggle, y'all. <laughs> she said, I bet you ever been money in the whole wide world. That a lady Godiva rode in there on her horse. Oh, the commissioners at that fair. They wouldn't speak to her either. The night before the World's Fair opened, they had erected this huge pavilion, a hundred dollars a plate dinner, as far as the eye could see, for all the elite of Chicago. Uh, the promenaders running through the whole fair, just on the other side of the itty bitty podium, and the commissioners are saying, ladies and gentlemen, your investments are sound, and all of a sudden, what is this coming down the promenade? It's a big, white, prancing horse with a nude Sally Rand, and she's riding bareback, and she's riding side saddle, with a garland of flowers around one ankle, and all this massive hair, while well, the people pull their heads up in their dinner, and they scream, we're going to have Lady Godiva, and the commissioners are saying, get the journalists, don't let them get out of this park, too late, front page, what a miraculous feat our world's fair has pulled off, we're going to have Lady Godiva. Well, the little girl who manned the switchboard, she wasn't at that big hoopty-doo that night. No, she was home sleeping. But when she got to work, every major news agency in America had called and said, we're making our way to Chicago. We want to interview Lady Godiva. Calls came from Covington, England. We're making preparation to come to America. We want to interview this person who is calling herself Lady Godiva. The chaos did not let up. It only got worse. They had to go down to the club and say, Miss Rand, we've reconsidered. We're going to book you into the streets of Paris uh, at $75 a week. Within six weeks, they rose her salary to $1,000 a week. And she pulled Chicago out of financial ruin with these two fans. These are the original fans of Sally Rand. Now, uh, I'm not just saying that. In 1933... Uh, someone, that's either a recreation of the article or not, but a girl mailed me that and said, it says on there, the success of the Chicago World's Fair is attributed to Sally. Now, uh, she had to come up with a bubble dance because when she was so famous with the fan dance, why girls all over America all um, uh, were, fan dancing was just wild in the clubs. So she came up with the bubble, so I'll do my act. Behind the balloons, this great bubble act. Well, uh, she went to Washington, D.C. She got herself a high-powered patent attorney. Anyone manufacturing a balloon that size or larger, all rights belong to Miss Sally Rand from here to eternity. World War II broke out. President Roosevelt said, get up the weather balloon. We can't. Sally, hold the patent on. <laughs> so Miss Rand did relinquish her patent to the United States government only. She did release a patent to Little Miss, uh, well, you girls know the Oriental culture, very reserved and refined. And she, this little girl, she was 19 years old in 1941, and she had to say, Mother, I am going to be the first American Chinese fan dancer. And Sally let her, give her permission to produce the bubble. It had to be a few sizes smaller, but she let her. And this girl played uh, San Francisco, New York, uh, wound up being a motion picture actress and she married a Chinese movie actor. So at any rate, Sally Rand is an icon, and several reasons why. Because you see, kids, during the 30s, as we know how desperate it was, standing at the kitchen, in every sink and kitchen in America, there's a housewife. 
She's got tears in her eyes. She does not know how she's going to put food on the table. <laughs> but the mention of Sally Rand, if they hear that name, somebody made it out there. Something is happening. And it was Sally Rand. She broke the back of the Great Depression. And the uh, kids cannot fathom that men scraped up $700 to start a factory. How do you start a factory with $700? They did. And those factories are still in existence. Because a man named Tom Chandler, he has in San Bernardino this uh, museum like this, only wound music, music. And uh, he said he went to buy her a ranch when she was 80 years old, and he said, Dixie, never in my life would I ever expect to see so much gold and silver in one room. Thanks, Sally. Congratulations. And those big corporations were, are still around and so forth and so on. Uh, because, see, she would fly in to the little sausage factory, shoe factory, wherever there was a little something or other trying to get on its feet, trying to start. Because during the 30s, you see, um, these uh, everyone in America that had any kind of uh, anything to help someone else, that's sort of the way it was to get through. But she was the, she was the icon that broke the back of the Great Depression. Yes, she was. Dixie Evans talking about the legendary Sally Rand and I have to say if you guys enjoyed that little snippet of Dixie man go to YouTube run do not walk cybernetically speaking and check out Dixie's old uh, videos a lot of many people have recorded uh, not only Dixie's old acts which are absolutely worth watching but Dixie single-handedly ran the ranch out in Hellendale which was the original exotic world and would give tours to anybody whenever they showed up. There are some great stories uh, by uh, that I've heard rather by world famous Bob and Dirty Martini and a lot of our contemporary legends about driving through the desert, middle of nowhere, it's hot, it's dry, there's nothing around, and suddenly come these big iron gates that say exotic world on them. And you'd come up and you'd honk your horn and Dixie would come out and give you a tour no matter what the hour or time of day, season of the year, it didn't matter. Dixie was so wholeheartedly dedicated to Exotic World and the preservation of the history and to Jenny Lee's original vision, and she really made the museum her life's work. Dixie passed away last year, and there was a fund raised in her honor so that she could be buried with her namesake, as it were, the wonderful Marilyn Monroe in the Hollywood Cemetery, and uh, she is indeed buried there now, so anytime any of you guys go to Hollywood and you want to go check out that famed cemetery, you will find Dixie's grave there. Please do leave her a flower. So I am so excited to now segue into the first annual Lunch with Legs pool cast. Now what is a pool cast, you may ask? Well, one of the wonderful things about the Beehoff Weekender is every Sunday there is a pool party. And the pool party is the sort of collective sigh at the end of a long weekend. There's always still the performance in the show on the Sunday night. Uh, but 
Sunday is the day after the performance, or rather the competition evening. And I should just rewind for a little bit and say that the Beehoff Weekender, um, they had to change their name because of legal reasons. I think there's a big striptease, something or other, big wig that said Miss Exotic World can't be called that anymore. So they changed it to the Burlesque Hall of Fame Weekend. And it begins with Thursday night's show, which is the Movers and Shakers, which is it showcases a lot of the performers who applied to compete who didn't make it into the competition but whose acts are very worthy of being seen on this amazing stage. So that kicks off the Thursday night. Friday night is the Legends Night, which is when all of the ladies who used to perform back in the day, who absolutely have earned the name Legend, come back and perform again. And trust me, folks, you have not lived until you see a 67-year-old grandma of like eight turn you on with a glove peel. And I am in no way exaggerating. It is a night of existential and enlightening proportion. It is just extraordinary. And when I say existential, it speaks to the timelessness of beauty, of sex, of grace, of sensuality. And for me personally, it showed me that age doesn't mean shit when it comes to perceiving beauty. There is such a Man, I don't, I just, I'm getting goosebumps just even thinking about it. There is such a turnout of so many women in all of their ages and physical condition. You know, some ladies strip in wheelchairs. Some ladies need support so they can hang on to somebody as they remove their clothing, clothing, as their bodies are nearing the ends of their lifetimes. But man, their spirits are still live and woof, making it happen. So that's Friday night. Saturday night is the huge competition in which people get crowned the reigning king and queen of burlesque as well as best debut, best duo, best troupe. It is an incredible, incredible evening and one that many, many people just, oh my goodness, we're on the edges of our seats for the whole evening. So the collective exhale of that night not only happens after the show, but then Sunday, we all go down to the pool and there's a fashion show and there's just general hijinks uh, because everybody can just have fun, kick back, relax, and take over the pool at the Orleans. And man, you have not lived until you see a poolside full of hungover, partying, burlesque artists of all ages and all genders kicking back, relaxing, and having a blast. And I am so excited to uh, be sponsoring a cabana at the pool party this year. If anyone's listening and you are going to be at the Sunday pool party, please, please, please come by the Lunch with Legs cabana. We are going to have a little recording station set up where everyone can record their 60 seconds of love. Hey, it may go down to 30 seconds depending on what a big turnout we get, but all the same, you will get time to talk about what Beehoff means to you, what some of your favorite moments of that weekend has been, and just a general acknowledgement of love for the efforts, not only of the late Jenny Lee and Dixie Evans, but also for Dustin Wax and the staff um, of the entire Burlesque Hall of Fame and Burlesque Hall of Fame Weekender, because they dedicate so much time and so much hard work to make this weekend a success. And it is, I mean, no amount of gratitude is enough. I really am so grateful to these guys 
who pour hours and hours and hours of their time into making this weekend such a huge success. So, on that note, I am so excited to bring you the Poolcast. Dave and I walked around uh, interviewing people, just doing little micro-interviews, and we are going to be interspersing them with some music. We might be going in and out of the different interviews, and uh, I have a feeling you guys will hear some of the madness... (laughs) (laughs) and hilarity that uh, ensued not only during the recording, but leading up to the recording uh, and, of course, naturally after the recordings were done. So, ladies and gentlemen, please enjoy the first annual pool cast of Lunch with Legs. Hi, I'm Whitney from New York, and um, it took me two years to figure out what Beehoff was, because I was going to the desert in Hellendale for many, many years when it was Exotic World, and it's just the greatest, greatest pleasure in the entire world to see all these people that I love so, so, so much, and I can never remember half of their names, but we all love each other so much. Is that one word? (laughs) Um, this is Blanche Debris. I'm from right here in Las Vegas, Nevada. <clears throat> I apologize for my voice because I was talking pretty much nonstop for <laughs> four and a half hours last night. Actually, it was like four hours and like 12 minutes. We did good. I think it was like, it was like record time. I think that's the goal of this weekend is we move the shows along. We just give you all the good stuff, cut out all the, you know, the air, you know, squeeze it out, move it out. It was so I was I was proud that it, but it was still fun but not rushed so that was good. So um, in the weekend I guess probably for me mostly um, for the first couple of days it was obsessive um, going over my notes so I could make sure I wasn't messing up people's names <laughs> and where they were from. Um, and now that um, we had our fantastic turn of Matisse is over and we've got our new king of Boyless Great Gun our new queen of Boyless Lula Deville how happy are we? Um, now we're just hanging out in the Vegas ridiculous sun that I get to enjoy all year round by staying inside. People don't go outside in Vegas when it's this hot. Um, but it is so great because look at all, you can see all the, well, this is audio, but I'll describe all the hot, sexy people, not just because of the heat, but because of the sparkle and the love and the joy that is just oozing out of all of our pores right now. That's what really is. This is like the best family reunion ever. We get to do it every year. And, um, and that's why I tell people who here for the first time, you know, oh, we'll see you next year because we know they're going to come back, you know. So, yeah. <laughs> Hello, people of the world. I'm Lola Rock and Roll. I'm from New York City, Flatbush, Brooklyn. Insert lesbian joke here. Um, So I'm at. Oh my God! Holy crap! Jesus Christ! Oh shit! Okay. Um, Anyway, this has been Booba Palooza. I have an underwater camera strapped to my forehead right now, and girls keep doing the twerking. You know, the twerking with the butt dance over and over and over again. And I have fully lived up to my... When I was 14, the person I wanted to be, I am now the person I have always imagined with TNA in my face all the time. There's so much glitter and feathers and boobs that I can't imagine ever not going to this again in my entire life.
There it is. And I made out yesterday with someone who is 26 and someone who is 66. So wow. if that says anything about this weekend. Viva Las Vegas, people. Holy shit. <laughs> I'm I'm uh, Ray Gunn from Chicago, and what this weekend what this weekend means to me is now I never have to apply to Beehive again, <laughs> ever. I never have to go through that process. Yes. <laughs> I'm Trixie Little. I'm from New York. Um, Behoff means a lot to me. This is my seventh year coming, um, and this is the first year I haven't performed it, and it's been the best vacation of my life. I've had the best time with my best friends wearing the best outfits and watching the best, most amazing performances. I'm so humbled and inspired by all of it. Oh, hey, uh, this is Mr. Gorgeous here from New York, New York. Winner of most creative. I'm trying. Comedic. Comedic, I'm comedic. sorry, not creative. It's comedic. all right. I like to think it was creative as well. Um, yeah, this is just like a crazy event with like crazy people. And, you know, it's nice to be surrounded by crazy folks when you're one yourself. So um, it feels like coming home, like a big family reunion. Second year here, I will definitely be back. Work. Yes. Yes. Thank you, Mr. Gorgeous. Yeah, girl. I love you. I love you, too. I'm Miss Kitty Baby. I'm from Seattle, Washington. And what has BHOP been for you this year? What does it mean to you? Um, this year, BHOP has been um, my favorite, very favorite thing is a reunion of friends, family, and legends alike. And it's very important to me, even though I work hard at it. As you know, Legs, I am a volunteer for the Legends team, and I've done the vendor coordinator this year. I'm very proud to bring that. Um, Outside of that, I still make sure I make time to have really strong connections during the red carpet, during the after parties, during intermission, and sitting with people that we can, you know, admire the performers that are gracing the stage and sharing their moment with us. So that reunion aspect is first and foremost even with the rest of the work. And I know Jenny Lee would have wanted it that way, and I know in her wildest dreams she couldn't have imagined um, burlesque being worldwide and so many of us coming together with open hearts without competition and having to struggle for work, but just being able to share our love and our hearts and our art. And um, that's, that's what I was expecting out of the weekend, and it's been exactly that, and it's magic. And I love you, Legs. I love you, too. <laughs> Kitty Baby, thank you so much. Hi, I'm Paul Beck from Jolly Old England, and this weekend has been about reconnecting with old friends and, uh, and a lot of very subtle perving. I mean... <laughs> I could get socially awkward with so many of the people here in such unbelievable and interesting ways. We're just disgusting. Disgusting. <laughs> There's a Freudian slit. I mean slip. 
I said one thing and I meant my mother. I'm so sorry. Um, no, it's been about reconnecting with old friends. Case in point, the lady that's holding this microphone slash iPhone. It's not glamorous. The budget got spent. But it's also been... It's been great. And for me, I have to say, my huge, huge, huge highlights have been seeing Europe bring it to the yes. competition. Miss Hagen, Miss Red Star and Lulu. Awesome. And Russell. Russell has blown me away this weekend. Absolutely. And that's and I have to say that's probably the thing I'll take away most from it was like Oilest is fucking raised its game massively and uh, all the guys I've, I haven't seen a, a one week link from the guys but um, Mr. Russell I'm not but for you I could be The mystical Donatella Me Lies, and I am currently out of Los Angeles. And Behoff means everything to me. It is a culmination of all the things I hold near and dear. It's a rebirthing that has to happen. It's it's essential, and it's the reunion portion of things is the most important thing to me. And it's the thing that everyone has to remember because without each other, we wouldn't have anything to come home to. And I love it. I come here to be inspired and to fall in love with what I do all over again. What's been your favorite moment this weekend? Oh my god. That's a really good question. I've been going so like strong and hard that I haven't like really stopped to rewind at all. Oh my god. Okay, that was it. That was it. Okay. Last night during the competition, actually before that, uh, in tech, I saw, what is her name? Um, Lauren Hagen. Lauren Hagen. From the UK. And my mind was blown. Like, those are the moments that I live for coming to this weekend. Like, where something happens in front of you or with you or you're a part of it. Whatever it is. It can be one-on-one. It can be on stage. But they're those moments that just, like, change everything for you. And, like, open new doors and make you think about new things. And that was one of them. When I saw her do that yesterday in tech, I was like... It made me, like, my, my skin crawl in, like, just the right way. It was like something so organic and so natural but very robotic and mechanical because you can only do rewind with a mechanical thing and she was like perfectly unnerving and beautiful and she's it's moments like that and people like that and living for that that makes me come back for more so yeah god bless that right thank you so much of course uh, Hi, um, my name is Burgundy Bricks. I'm a burlesque artist, um, originally from New York, and I now live in Vancouver, British Columbia, for the past five years. I, um, I'm here at Behoff for this, I think this is my fourth year that I'm here. Um, my third year performing, which is really amazing, and my second year in the Queen competition, which is really uh, such an incredible honor and, um, you know, a, an enti- a win, a huge win, an epic win to be, in, to be a part of that. Um, and this weekend has just been um, a weekend where I've, I really 
finally kind of feel like I found my stride as a performer and um, as as who I who I am and what I have to offer and and the joy that I have to bring to the stage and the joy that I feel like I have to bring to the community. So this weekend has been a, a weekend about um, meeting new people and um, delighting in them and sharing my joy, my joy for the art form and my joy for just humanity, which is really important to my love, my love for each and every one of these amazing performers, men, women, children, um, performers, uh, tech people, people that are part of our community, people that are um, on the on the ancillary edges of our community. Um, so that's what it's been for me. It's been a really cathartic weekend of love. It's huge. It's a huge love fest. It's a huge hippie love fest <laughs> every year. And this year, I, I've I've been feeling it even even more so. So um, just wanted to say. Thank you to the powers that be that we can have something like this where we're able to have generations of legends and new performers and up-and-coming performers and all in the same place sharing love for each other. So that's what it means to me. Amen. Thank you, Burgundy. My name's Kitten LaRue, I'm the producer of the Atomic Bombshells, based in Seattle, and this weekend is mind-blowing for a million different reasons. It's dazzling, it's tear-inducing, um, yeah, that's all I can say about it. No, brilliant. My name is Lou Henry Hoover, and I am based in Seattle. This weekend has been amazing. I have been so inspired getting to see these awesome men perform as a as a burlesquing drag king, it's very exciting for me to see the boylesque that's going on here at the Hoff. Awesome. You think you guys be back? Absolutely. Yes. Definitely. Cool. Thank you so much. it folks the first annual pool cast and uh many 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 thanks to blanche debris lola rock and rolla ray gunn trixie little mr gorgeous kitty baby paul debeck donatella me lies burgundy bricks and kitten larue and lou henry hoover for taking their time to speak to me i really 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 appreciate it and i cannot wait to get even more recordings for our second annual pool cast which we will be recording this coming weekend in vegas Thank you all so much for tuning into this episode. I hope that, especially if all of this was new information to you, that you not only learned something new, but that it has piqued your curiosity and interest to learn more about this fabulous museum with its incredible legacy. Please, by all means, go visit burleskhall.com to learn more about the museum, its holdings, how to donate. Again, they are a nonprofit organization, and they have a huge collection that they both need to show and house. And let's face it, running a museum is expensive. So please feel free to go there, donate a couple of dollars if that's all you can afford, or more if you can afford more. 
And to learn more about the upcoming Weekender extravaganza, you can go to behoffweekend.com and find out who will be performing, the run of the weekend. There, And I have to say, the weekend is so much more than just the shows at night. There are classes with the legends. There are panel discussions. There's an amazing vending area where you can go and buy not only burlesque baubles and bits, which are stunning and gorgeous, but you also get to meet and greet the legends as they will be selling headshots of them back in the day and will personalize them for you. And trust me when I say this is the closest a lot of us will ever get to that incredible sex wattage that so many of them have emitted their whole lives. So, yes, go if you have not already. If you've never... If you're not a burlesque performer, just go anyway. Trust me, your eyes your eyes and your mind and your soul and your heart will never be the same. Thanks again to Dave for putting all this together for me, and I hope you guys all have enjoyed it. Please go onto YouTube, research, and learn more about this incredible, incredible cultural heritage, and to all of the ladies and gentlemen that we owe so much to. So thanks again for tuning in, and I wish you all a fabulous week. Here's to dancing our hearts and our joy, completely free of any restraint, because that's what these ladies did under incredible circumstances most of the time. Thanks again for tuning in, and stay tuned for more wonderful episodes to come in the weeks to follow. Lots of love to you all. Be good to you, and take care. Bye. (music) 